0: Sam Marjofsky here, your host of the What's Right Show. Folks, I today am fired up. So just uh, bear with me here. I want you to know that there is a price to pay for being silent on some of this nonsense that has been allowed to become accepted fact- in our national discourse, and this is precisely why here on this program I refuse, I refuse, I will not do it. Buy into any of this accepted, uh, I, I don't even falsehoods. Really, is what it is. The left has reordered our society from top to bottom, and and here's here's the latest manifestation of it. All right, it's why I am. Beside myself, the news, of course, this morning that Joe Biggs, who was one of the leaders of the Proud Boys, uh, was given 17 years in prison for his role on January 6th. Uh, The judge, uh, by the way, reduced that from what the government wanted. The government wanted to put this guy in prison for 33 years, which likely would have been most of the rest of his life. And here's, um, at the root of this, and, and he was tried in D.C. He never had a chance, right? This is, a, a D.C. jury here made a decision on this. Uh, this is a 94, 95% Democrat jury with a Democrat judge. And they have to sentence this guy to prison because Why? They've got to put him in jail to sacrifice him for the sake of keeping up the charade that this was an insurrection. That this was a, well, as the judge said here, quote, the mob brought an entire branch of government to heel, disrupting the certification of the 2020 election for hours. 17 years for hours the judge rather unhelpfully suggested that there were other ways that Mr. Biggs ought to have protested his displeasure over the outcome of the election. And this part of me had uh, had me laughing, right? He suggested, among other things, that he could have gone to a protest or he could have filed a lawsuit <laughs> yeah, tell that to uh, well Sidney Powell, John Eastman, and Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, all he had to do was just file a lawsuit to challenge the election. That's that was the right course of action, according to federal Judge Timothy Kelly. The prosecutors, the reason these seventeen years is these are these are terrorist enhancement charges. So Biggs' lawyer gets up there and says, "Well." You know, there's no mass casualties here, which is part of the definition of a terrorist attack. And, uh, you know, uh, it's—but the judge was not moved by this. Okay? He goes, this has had a chilling effect on us now going up to any future election. Now, Biggs' lawyer had a great comeback to this. He goes, well, this has a chilling effect on speech. Who wants to go to a rally? And the judge had the audacity to respond, well— I, I, there's no legal mechanism that would prevent anybody from speaking their mind. That's absurd. These people are delusional and I'll I place the blame for this, not in the way the mainstream media does, but the way I do. And we ought to as conservatives at the feet of Donald Trump. Now, why do I say that Trump should have preemptively pardoned every one of these people before he left office? That he was too busy tweeting and complaining about his circumstances, paying Rudy Giuliani gobs of money for you know per diems every day so he could go around and get drunk is maddening to me. It deserves criticism. I voted for Trump twice, but this deserves criticism. This is obscene. There's an entire group of, of, of men and women who are in prison or who have spent time in prison simply because of their political affiliation. And don't, don't even at me. I don't even want to hear it. You, all of you absolutely idiotic people out there who, who t- email me and tell me how this was an act of violence. I don't want to hear it. The summer of George, when we were all across this country, including here in Las Vegas, fearing for our businesses, our homes, Our safety, as the BLM rioters were allowed to run amok, and they, by the way, attacked police stations, they attacked federal courthouses, federal property. What do you think happened to those folks? Slaps on the wrists is what they got. What about the crazy uh, pink pussy hat wearing? Protesters that tackled the Supreme Court, that attacked the front doors of the Supreme Court in their protests against Judge Kavanaugh being installed as a member of the Supreme Court. What do you think happened to them? They were disrupting an official proceeding. No, they literally tried to get in the way of a Supreme Court justice being lawfully installed into his position. But because they belong to the Democratic power class, they're protected by this deep state and they get a pass. This ought to infuriate every justice-loving, fair-minded person. That it doesn't and that the media continues to breathlessly report on this because it, well, and, and validate this enormous miscarriage of justice blows my mind. You know me, I am a law and order person. I believe in in, in crime. If there's gonna be crime, then punishment. It's a simple if then statement. I do not excuse anyone who participated on January 6th, who destroyed property, who hurt people, let alone law enforcement officers. But I have a real problem going after someone who themselves didn't throw any punches, who organized a protest, that we still don't fully understand why it all went out of hand and got out of hand the way it did. There are legitimate questions here, and that evidence, by the way, this judge did not let into the courthouse. They didn't let that, and and, and not that the jury would even give a rip, because all the people on the jury, I can promise you this, just statistically speaking, are invested in this great lie about January 6th being true. And so, sacrificed for this lie are people like Joe Biggs. I don't know the guy. Does he, does he deserve, does he deserve some jail time? I don't, not 17 years. And as I understand it, Robbie, has he been one of the people that's been held basically in solitary confinement up and through, up and through trial? I think so. I think he's been in custody. I, I, I don't think that he's, you know he he's been in custody this entire time, two and a half years. It is absolutely astounding. So now, I I raise this situation. I give this to you because uh, I I'm looking at this political field of candidates that we have. Well, certainly on the Republican side, the, the Democrats are not. <laughs> well, they got Joe. Uh, and we know some others may be waiting in the wings. Uh, so, but on the Republican side, I'm looking at these candidates. And I'm going, who is going to clean this up? Because we need, we need not just a slight course adjustment. We need a massive reset on where we're headed as a country. Imagine for a minute, those of you uncomfortable with what I am saying. Imagine for a minute if. Every BLM protester was put in solitary confinement for two and a half years, put on trial, and then sentenced to 17 years because they organized riots that killed people in some cases, certainly destroyed businesses, public property, federal property, livelihoods impacted, billions of dollars in losses. Imagine if they were given 17-year jail terms and treated this way, and then every proud boy be, be you know let, let off with a fine, if that. Catch and release. How do you think the media would react to that? How do you think every one of these liberals who, who drones on endlessly about this insurrection and how this was an affront to democracy and how – I mean this, these are – they they would be they would be apoplectic. They would be shouting about this at the top of their lungs. It would be that it would it would just. I know that they aimed to intimidate. The judge said, "No, this is not the judge. This is the ADA or the uh, the U.S. Attorney. They aimed to intimidate and terrify elected officials, law enforcement, and the rest of the country that they didn't agree with, and make them heal. He said it's no different than the bombing of a building. Well, I'm sorry. It's not. And this stretch, by the way, is hugely appealable. Do I think this guy has an appeal? Absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that we have a federal courtroom today in America where a political prisoner was sentenced to 17 years in prison. I don't know how we're any different from Putin's Russia. I am beside myself in 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 righteous anger over this. So when we come back, let me explain to you I'll, I'll tell you this is this has to be cleaned up and and yes, Trump is you know Trump could have pardoned this guy knowing what was going to happen. He he knew. He, Trump knew where this was all headed. He'd gotten taste after taste after taste of what these sick leftists do and and I think, you know, I, 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 the next Republican president that we elect must pardon each and every one of these individuals. Th- those that were nonviolent need to be pardoned, and certainly those that have served some time in prison for a violent offense. I, look, um, it, it's time to, it's time to let, this, let, this, let this be done. Unbelievable. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values.
1: So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. So for one of the
0: proud boy leaders here, Joe Biggs, 17 years in prison uh, for his role on January 6th. Uh, the judge, in uh, you know, in a response to uh, concerns from his lawyer saying, well, h- how are you supposed to protest? What are you supposed to do? Judge Timothy Kelly, a federal judge in D.C., tells Biggs, if you don't like how an election is being conducted, you can speak out, call, write, or meet with election officials. You can engage in peaceful protest. You can file a lawsuit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but (laughs) Trump filed lawsuits and his lawyers and him got arrested for election interference. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's meritless. That's the word that's used. It's meritless. Sam Rzofsky here, host of the What's Right Show. Glad to have you with us, folks. I'm just pointing out the absurdity that these federal judges, these left-wing fanatics, that they live in the echo chamber inside the beltway among their fellow elites. They, they, they get home at night to the extent that they follow the news. They What do they do? They hit up the New York Times, the Washington Post, turn on MSNBC. They're ideologues. They've forgotten how to apply the law. And my concern here with this particular case is that the enhancements the reason he's getting so much time is there's there's a terrorism enhancement here and the judge is very happily applying it and 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 sided in fact with the with the prosecution here with Merrick Garland's a team that prosecuted this case uh, saying that it's no different from a bomb being thrown yeah and it, it and, and you know understanding that of course you know people didn't die and they they did make that a part of this case by the way so all the talk of all those deaths that occurred on January 6th, there's, there's no, there were no murder charges brought here. Nobody died. They agreed on that. They agreed that this was a riot that got out of hand or a protest that turned into a riot, I should say. So, I, you know, we got to wake up. And yes, again, I stand by it. Trump ought to have pardoned this guy and perhaps some others uh, preemptively, which he could have done before he left office. Now, in other news, I'll tell you this: uh, knives are out for Vivek Ramaswamy, and I'm I, I gotta defend the guy because th- this this particular attack here now is being adopted by conservatives, and you really ought not. This is me talking to conservative pundits uh, pundits out there who are I, I I I mean I understand it. They they are skeptical of this newcomer and many of them are beholden 110 percent to trump which in and of itself is not a bad thing but uh, i would not i'd be very careful about firing shots against somebody who is as eloquently as vivek is articulating some very important positions and we got to pay attention to this because these positions have to be taken so let me start here what i'm referring to in the hill uh, an opinion piece that was, uh, you know, breathlessly uh, passed around and forwarded among conservatives who love Trump and who don't like Vivek. Uh, they put this all out there. It's a, Vivek Ramaswamy's No Good, Very Bad Week. And it goes through everything bad that happened to him. Now, well, I saw the headline and I thought, well, I mean, what do we mean, right? And I, I, I thought almost inevitably we would head to something. Eh, related to, let's say, the, uh, well, the 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 you know the the you know, the, Iana Presley deal, the Grand Wizard comment. It wasn't even. It didn't even make that. This piece, we find out at the very end, the Max Burns guy who wrote it is a veteran Democratic strategist. So perhaps we conservatives, uh, Republicans, can do better than get our talking points about our own candidates from a democratic strategist, but I set that aside for a moment. It goes through this and it says, you know, says, listen, it goes to the Israel thing. And I, I have friends of mine who say all the time, I, I, I cannot vote for Vivek because of his Israel comments. I've never seen something more, more deliberately twisted and put out of context than what he said about Israel. This whole conflict started with it all started with an with the, uh, August nineteenth interview that he did with the Washington Free Beacon, and in this in this piece he goes this was the exact quote: "If we are successful, and I'm I'm reading it verbatim, it's in the article. If we're successful, the true mark of success for the U.S. and for Israel will be to get to a." Time in 2028, where Israel is so strongly standing on its own two feet, integrated into the economic and security infrastructure of the rest of the Middle East, that it will not require and be dependent on the same level of historical aid or commitment from the U.S. It doesn't even say we're cutting all aid, just same level of historic aid or commitment. That's what it was. And he goes, Why is that important? And goes on to explain, you know, look, we, you know, the Palestine question, all that, but it, that's the quote. So Mr. Democratic strategist here writing for The Hill, and again, this is relevant because a number of conservatives have passed this around as gospel and using it to attack Ramaswamy, which is just uh, boils my blood. It's the first thing that he mentions. He had a bad week because he what was supposed to have been a softball interview on Sean Hannity turned contentious and it turned contentious over this over Israel. This is just so you know what the writer of this piece is referring to you know you said aid to israel our number one ally only democracy in the
2: region should end in 2028 uh and that they should be integrated that's with false. their neighbors i have an exact quote you want me to read it that's actually yeah you, i could tell you the exact quote what i said is it would be a mark of success if we ever got to a point in our relationship with israel if israel never needed the united states as aid and Sean, you know how politics is played. A lot of the other professional politicians who have been threatened by my rise have used that statement to say that I would cut off aid to Israel. That's not correct. I just read you the quote. I mean,
0: I, I wouldn't defend him if I if I didn't have a basis to you know to, to to do that. But I'm I'm telling you, the quote is a quote. It's it's on the record. Oh, gotta get to this when we come back. Samerjowski, News Talk 840 KXNT, wild stuff. <sighs> Fired up today. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back in a moment. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up.
1: Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com.
0: Sam Merchofsky here. Nevada's favorite, recovering politician. Great to be with you. Recovering, poli- recovering California. What the heck am I saying here? Ah, oh, Doing two things at once, friends. <laughs> Welcome back to the program. So, Antifa, still not a terrorist organization, right? That's right. Meanwhile, of course, the news today that Joe Biggs, former Proud Boys leader, has been given 17 years in prison over his role on January 6th by the way the, you, you look at all the cams and I, I've I've done all I have spent more time on this than I care to mention and people that have, there's nothing in this trial was ever introduced in evidence to show that he was violent they just showed the fact that he was agitating against the outcome of the election that he thought that the election had been stolen and he thought that something ought to be done about it. And never forget, by the way, that Trump, when he delivered his speech, as, as wacky as I thought it was, specifically said that the march on the Capitol ought to be peaceful. That's always left out of everything. Don't forget that. And so when, he, when Trump himself, charged by Jack Smith over his role in January 6th, this is, this is, looking, I mean, a D.C. jury is never going to, never, ever, ever going to let Trump off. They're not going to let any of these people off. That's why it's such a surefire conviction. No doubt then overturned, I believe, as it gets appealed up through the federal circuit courts and, if needed, up to the Supreme Court. But this is, folks, this is astounding. Now, just before the break, I was mentioning this piece in The Hill, uh vivek ramaswamy who is surging in the polls and he's look he's saying a lot of things that i think are incredibly spot on now this piece in the hill was then passed around by a bunch of republicans who of course are either you know pro desantis pro trump and and are it being used to deride and ridicule and criticize vivek ramaswamy and this piece is deeply flawed and it's written by a veteran Democratic strategist that's literally what it says in the thing here, So says Max Burns is a veteran Democratic strategist, but they wait to have that all the way on the last page, you see they don't put that at the top of the article because then everybody would go, oh, yeah, okay I see where you're coming from, bud so he gets into the Hannity thing where he, he uh, where, where he says you know, that, 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 that Vivek had said he wants to cut aid to Israel, and we've all heard of a, a variation of that I remember during the debate when I was at the station here uh you know we all watched together with a handful of us here that are on air, and I'm not going to say who um it wasn't Alan, but there were a number of people there who said well i can't I can't vote for this guy based on his position on Israel now, just to be clear here is this is the original interview where he was quoted and was, and it was interpreted to mean that he's cutting aid to Israel. Quote, if we're successful, the true mark of success for the U.S. and for Israel will be, get, will be to get to a place in 2020 where Israel is so strongly standing on its own two feet, integrated, blah, 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 and will not require and be dependent on that same level of historic aid or commitment from the U.S., meaning hopefully we get to a place at the end of the next presidential term where Israel doesn't need as much help. Look, I mean, how is that, how is this controversial? Sometimes we, we Republicans are like lemmings. We just hear something, we're like, oh my gosh, it, 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 he attacked Israel. <gasps> and we get the vapors and we, and, we, and we lose our minds. It's very common sense. And I say this to all of you out there that I know feel very strongly about Israel. It's in our best interest to begin scaling back aid to you know the levels that we can afford. How is this... My, my comment on this, by the way, and yes, of course, there's a lot of aid that ought to be cut before Israel. I hope he cuts it. Whoever's president next cuts it on day one. I mean, we support a lot of nasty little countries around the world doing stupid stuff that some just billions of dollars of waste go out the window and what we're borrowing money from china how does that help our national security that's not really my point here my point is that this is an example of a republican candidate being honest about a circumstance what we need something we need to do and we as conservatives are doing the same thing that the left does let me explain that Remember, and never forget this, there were a couple of doctors who fairly early into COVID got up and said the following, and I'm paraphrasing. They said, you know, this COVID thing is really not that bad. We need to wash our hands. We need to get out. We need vitamin D from the sun. We need To kind of get back to regular life, if you're older, if you're susceptible, you know, you have to be careful. But the rest of us can basically live life normally, taking fairly minimal precautions. Many of you saw this interview. I know you did. And you'll remember it. And it was a breath of fresh air, these two guys. And what did the left do to them? Those two guys got destroyed. I believe they, they were even... Uh, they're, they're, they may even have had suffered some consequences from the medical board in the state that they were in. Don't quote me on that, but I think there was some effort to do that. These two doctors got pilloried, and now, as we sit here on the last day of August in 2023, objectively, they were right, and it's not all that you know different from from Galileo, you know, 17th century. Gets branded a heretic for saying that the Earth orbits the sun and not, you know, the other way around. I mean, there's examples of people who say the truth and say it, uh, and then you know get get you know get slung out you know get get the arrows right. We call it pioneers getting the arrows, which of course is probably a, a politically incorrect thing. But I call this too going after the sacred cows in politics. And one of the sacred cows in the in the Republican Party is that we, we absolutely have to support Israel and don't get me wrong, yes, they're our best ally in the Middle East. But saying getting them off of our full, you know, 100% level support eventually is, is not heretical. We need to think a little bit more independently as conservatives. I think, I believe. So, you know, the the the, look. So the knives are out for Vivek because you know this is a a consequence of him being successful and saying some of the right things. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. uh, And I I haven't finished listening to it today. It was a very busy morning, but I just uh, started on my way into the office listening to a sit down between Vivek and. The conversation between Vivek Ramaswamy and Jordan Peterson, whom you know is the Canadian psychologist uh, who is uh, an, an absolutely brilliant, probably one of, the, one of the great living intellectuals of our time, and certainly somebody who on, on, on an ideas level is hugely influential in, in, a, in modern conservatism. And Jordan Peterson and, and and he are talking about the nature of campaigning. And this is a conversation with Vivek Ramaswamy. And I thought I would share this with you here. I don't have the clips from it. I haven't processed the whole thing yet, so forgive me. But but one thing that really stood out is, you know, I keep telling you that this is an ideas election. And and Vivek is telling Peterson, he goes, Listen, I, I mean, I I was counseled by everybody to dumb it down. Everybody, the entire political class told me. All the, all the consultants, all the, all the election experts came out and said, you got to dumb it down. And he, he said, I tried doing it. It wasn't me. I've gone back to explaining things. And whether – this is what I ask of you. Whether you are going to vote for Trump or you're going to vote for DeSantis, I, I, fine. But you've got to listen to what Vivek Ramaswamy is saying you have to listen to it because he is the one right now most articulately explaining things that no one by the way not not politicians elected officials not the media not you know not anybody is getting into the level of detail and is being as explicit in his in his explanation of ideas and, 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 you know, an ideology that, that I think is, is, is absolutely essential right now. And what, what Ramaswamy said is that there's any, I, you know, it's interesting because, you you know, we, I look at the success of podcasts right now, the, the, you know, the, these are, you know, long form podcasts. Everybody says American, you know, attention span is at an all time low, right? And yet some of the more successful podcasts are, are quite long, or an hour or two even. People do have time to sit down and listen to things being explained to them. And it's actually hugely encouraging about the state of our country. And I think... And they may have gotten to this eventually in the conversation. I think that this is a consequence of us being sick and tired of the media dumbing things down, and that's precisely what Hannity. I can't listen. I can't watch Sean Hannity. Fair disclosure. I I think he's a. I think I think he's he's sort of a very basic kind of guy. I'm sure he's a lovely human being, but he's just very basic to me, and and, and intellectually incurious. But you're seeing an example of that where you take a quote and this is us conservatives talking about an important issue and it gets dumbed down and reduced into a soundbite by the talking heads and that's the end of the discussion and then you know everybody goes oh well I can't, his position on Israel is terrible and and we move on and yet those people out there and there are many this is a, a metric that can be verified by virtue of Following how many times a certain podcast has listened to and has played, absolutely will tell you that people are out there craving in-depth analysis. They're craving getting into it. And that's encouraging. And it's because the media has abdicated that. It's because TV has been so reductive in in, in, in making everything, you know, putting everything into these, you know, four-minute, five-minute segments and turning stories into into 90 seconds and and that's the way it was and and the more cnn and msnbc and even fox news gets to be foul and 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 full of lies and 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 gross mischaracterizations if not you know serious outright falsehoods the more it gets that way the less we tune into it the less we care and people are looking, are seeking out information. And so, you know, again, I, I, think, I think this is a guy to watch. I say it time and time again, absolutely. Now, speaking of people who are bucking this trend, Tucker Carlson uh, continues to make waves. He's, he's, you know, it's incredible to see Tucker uh, freed ...from his Fox overlords, you realize just to what extent he was managed when he was at Fox News. He sat down, sat down with Viktor Orban from Hungary, the leader of Hungary. Everybody in the political left here in the country absolutely despises this guy. And this is a, it's a, it's a very important and interesting interview, but it's the reaction to it that fascinates me. All right, let me, I'll be back in a moment. Got to take a break here. Yep, I know. We, too, it take breaks here, just like on TV, but... Hopefully, this is more interesting. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Welcome back. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. Great to be with you. The What's Right Show is on. Now, before we get to uh, Tucker's interview with um, the leader of Hungary, this is a guy who is unabashedly culturally conservative and of course because of that cultural conservatism and perhaps resistance to having outsiders in his country particularly mass migration from parts of the world that do not or does not share Hungary's values he has become a bit of a persona non grata in the American left and so as Tucker sat down with an interview I think there's a there's an interesting side story to all this, uh, tying into the media here in this country. But I'll get to that in a moment. I, I do want to mention one other thing from the story. Uh, the other hit on Ramaswamy, by the way, is his appearance on Meet the Press, where he, he, I, I guess he he made some proposals about what he would do if he had been, uh, if he had been a vice president instead of Mike Pence. in in January of, of, of 2021. And this has gotten some pushback too as being kind of nonsensical, but let me just, just hear me in on this. Uh, Here's
2: what he said to Chuck Todd on Sunday. I would have done it very differently. I think that there was a historic opportunity that he missed to reunite this country in that window. Here's what I would have said. We need single day voting on election day. We need paper ballots and we need government issued I.D. matching the voter file. And if we achieve that, then we have achieved victory and we should not have any further complaint about election integrity. So what would, so what I would, would have you have done through the Senate? So what would you have done as, with Mike Pence? You would have so not certified the election? So in in my capacity as president of the Senate, I would have led through that level of reform then on that condition certified the election results, served it up to the president, yeah. President Trump then to sign that into law, and on January 7th declared the re-election campaign pursuant to a free and fair election. But that's the kind right. of spirit we're going to need to unite this country rather than right. sweeping those concerns under the rug. Well, he's a
0: very different candidate than Mike Pence. Now, of course, the criticism is uh, th- those are powers that the vice president doesn't have. It's not a settled issue. However, even uh, John Eastman, for example, who represented Trump in all this, um, said that uh, he did not have the power, Pence did not have the power to simply reject electors. But Pence, excuse me, Eastman, last night on Laura Ingram in the second half of that interview that we discussed yesterday, uh, Eastman said a couple of things that actually make what Vivek is saying not that nonsensical.
2: Have a listen. Some people had urged that Vice President Pence simply had power to reject con- electors uh, whose certification was still pending in yeah, legal context I don't believe contests. that. But
3: Go ahead. I don't believe that. I, I, I don't <laughs> That's either. That's one thing and I don't agree I, with. And
2: I, and I explicitly told Vice President Pence in the Oval Office on January 4th that even though it was an open issue under the circumstances we had, I thought it was the weaker argument and it would be foolish to exercise such power even if he had it. What I recommended, and I've said this repeatedly, is that he accede to requests from more than 100 state legislators in the swing states to give them a week to try and sort out the impact of what everybody acknowledged was illegality in the conduct of the election. Yeah. So
0: this, by the way, just a pause, right, and a break. And of note, I guess this is a little bit of uh, interesting history. Speaking of powers in the Senate, remember in... This goes back, what, 10 years? Obama sent a drone out, assassinated an American citizen. Rand Paul went on a 13 hour filibuster and held up the whole confirmation of John Brennan. By the way, they should have tossed John Brennan out right then and there. But he was he was Obama's CIA director, nominee, right? And Rand Paul held the filibuster demanding an answer. So he held up, <laughs> he held up the whole proceeding, demanding an answer from the administration. Right? Can we use drones to kill Americans on American soil? That was the fact pattern, and uh, so ultimately, what it ended with is AG Eric Holder, who was the Attorney General in uh, Obama's administration, sent a letter saying essentially that the president has not would not use drone strikes American citizens on American soil. Got a concession out of it. So could Vivek? Could somebody with a little more spine than Pence have extracted some concessions by holding up the process, as described by Eastman? Maybe. In either event, it's just deeply incurious to dismiss all of this out of hand. There's an open question here. And it's an open question that has been repeatedly exploited by Democrats in elections past when the election doesn't go their way. They've made these same arguments, which is, I think, the bigger point, and why I'm so upset that both Republicans, you know, certainly, um, I, I'm, I'm expecting the Democrats, but Republicans fighting this uh, and 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 taking, you know, taking the talking points that Meet the Meet the Press is is putting out there just because you know they have another candidate they prefer. These are ideas that we ought to be talking about. An election, cleaning up our elections on a national level is of existential consequence to the survival of this republic, mark my words. All right, friends, lots to go over when we come back. Second hour of the What's Right Show up next. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. If you're hurt in an accident, the only law firm to trust is Sam & Ash. 702-820-1234. Because you deserve what's right.
1: If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer.
0: It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So
1: call Sam & Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Rajovsky here. Great to be with
0: you folks. The What's Right Show is on. Your place for common sense conservatism Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. You can find me at What's Right Sam on Instagram and Twitter. Also, the What's Right Show is on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Find us there. If you miss any portion of the program, can always catch up on that uh, at your convenience. Now, friends... Uh, let me just quickly say here, uh, Desantis is on the ground for it. He's doing everything right, uh, and he's he had a great press conference yesterday. Uh, <laughs> well, and 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 just I want to contrast this with the weak, mealy mouth response from the governor in Hawaii when these fires, these horrible Maui fires, uh, hit Lahaina and are still continuing as we speak. Here's DeSantis uh, talking about uh, the situation and, uh, and what he what instructions he's given to law enforcement. have a listen.
4: told all of our personnel at the state level, you know you, you protect people's property and, and we are not going to tolerate any looting in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, it's just ridiculous that you would try to do something like that on the heels of an almost category four hurricane this
0: community, yeah, it's it is atrocious. It always happens, right? But he's telling law enforcement, "Listen, we've, we we you are empowered to do everything to prevent this. No holds bar. Remember, Florida, too successful state that it is, is stealing police, great police officers from around the country from jurisdictions where they drone on endlessly about, oh, you know, having to have." you know, social justice reform and um, criminal justice reform and, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, having slogans like F the police and cops were going, okay, well, this is not a place for me, but they're giving me bonuses down in Florida to come and sign on with departments there. What were they giving? I would say like 8000 or $10,000 bonuses in some counties so so you know the the police shortage that is a problem nationally i don't know a single law enforcement officer that uh, that hasn't privately complained to me and told me how difficult it is to acquire good officers and even in small you know boutique departments in communities that you know are well funded it's still a challenge to find cops because of course The left has waged war on police. Who would want to be a cop? Who would want to go into law enforcement, right? So DeSantis says this about looters.
4: I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, This part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the Second Amendment. (laughs) And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably here. You loot, we shoot. You never know what's behind that door. If you go break into somebody's house and you're trying to loot, uh, these are people that are gonna be able to defend themselves and their families. So, so I would not do it. Uh, we are gonna hold you accountable from a law enforcement perspective at a minimum, and it could even be worse than that, depending on what's behind that door. So let's all band together and lift people up and not try to take advantage of a difficult situation.
0: My gosh, can I just say this? I I this is the DeSantis that I love. You know, I, I right? Isn't it just almost that's the word. It's almost uh, it, it, it's emotional. It makes me emotional listening to someone who is an elected official actually care about us. You know, I I had a moment like this uh last week when I guess somebody had asked Governor Lombardo here in Nevada if, you know, mask mandates and other COVID mitigation measures would would come from from the uh from the state level, from the governor's office. Uh and I believe the governor's answer was hell no. And I just had this this moment where I thought, gosh, these These elections that work out the way they're supposed to, there are consequences to them, and the consequences can be life-altering for people. You know, there was a guy who was brutally beaten, I think it was in New York, brutally beaten by a a shoplifter, a bodega owner. You know, the bodegas are small little stores, family-run typically. You have a mom, pop, kids. You know, sometimes three generations of the same family operate these stores, and and they're, you know, they they sell. It's like a little grocery store slash convenience store, and it's their this family's whole livelihood. And and I I think that the my my real uh, struggle is uh, accepting the left wing premise, and it ties into DeSantis here saying you loot, we shoot. It ties into this left-wing premise that somehow property crime is nonviolent. Have you ever been? Have you ever had your home broken into? Have you had your business broken into? Have you had a serious theft? I, I, I mean, it, it is yeah, correct. It's not a murder. I understand that. It's not a, you know, it's not a violent physical assault. No doubt you felt violated by it correct how do you, how do you react to left wing politicians telling you that the guy that stole from it's not violent it's just you know we're going to give him a ticket and we're going to rehabilitate him cuz I, I i think a lot you know a lot of us common sense people out there interpret that the correct way which is well the, the, the immediate consequence of that will be in the encouragement to do it again and again because there's no consequences. There's no accountability. So this idea that DeSantis, as the governor of a very populous state, as somebody who has a national profile, is getting up there and saying, hey, I'm just putting all you potential looters out there on notice – you know here in this community where this this hurricane touched down it's up in the north not the panhandle but kind of where for the the curve of main part of florida the florida peninsula kind of connects up to the, the the top of the state uh there he's saying listen i you know we're not going to feel too bad for you if you get popped and shot by a uh, by an angry homeowner and uh Reading between the lines, it sort of sounds like you know the the, the police here and the authorities are going to conduct an, a very short shrift investigation <laughs> into into these instances <laughs> or the incidents, excuse me. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a great message. Can you imagine how quickly crime in California would would go down if suddenly, if suddenly. Uh, Governor Newsom, and this would never happen. Governor Newsom gets up there and says, "You know what? We we still have a Second Amendment here, even in even in California. There are a lot of people in the state who are armed to their teeth in their homes. And I would, all you bad guys out there, you know, yeah, the DA might let you off with a slap on the wrist, but the guys whose home you go into, he might shoot you right in the in between the eyes, and that'll be it. Deuces. <laughs> I mean." <laughs> It, I think it would have absolutely. There would be an effect. A, re, a, a an inc- the result would be uh, people would think twice about it. Never forget. I I, I keep coming back to that horrible incident, in Beverly Hills. Uh, Clarence Avant's wife, uh, Jacqueline Avant, murdered in their. In, their, in her home, a uh, home invasion robbery. You know, you know how much the guy thought he was going to get that day? 50 grand. That's what he was in it for. He was in it for 50K. And he had no problem taking a human life. And by the way, g- giggled about it in jail, was like, ha, 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 ha when he's talking to his ladybird uh, during a jailhouse visit. So this is, this is, this is pennies. Right in the grand scheme of things, fifty k fifty k, no problem. Showing up with the assault weapon, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, legally obtained. You're not allowed to have assault weapons in California, right? He had one. How's that not front page news? Side note, right? So he shows up and uh, and pops her, kills her, and um, and these are people, by the way. This family supported the woke DA down there. George Gascon uh, gave money to his election efforts. Uh, The son-in-law of this this gal runs Netflix. He's the CEO of Netflix. Very big-time left-wing Democrat donors, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and say you know this is these are the consequences of your of your of your votes, but you know it's out there. And so DeSantis saying, "Hey, you loot, we shoot," and it's fantastic. By the way, I do tell my friends in California, they, they, you know, in, in, in most cities in California, most counties in California, if there's a home intruder in your house and they're not armed and you shoot and kill them, you're going you're gonna to spend some time in jail. They're going to take you, they're going to arrest you. I, don't get that impression here in Nevada, okay? That's why I tell my friends in, in California, I say, here, here, here in Nevada, We still have strong feelings about, well, security in our homes. If somebody breaks into my house and I'm home, they are not walking out. I'll make sure of it. 1,000%, and I know, I know you all feel the same. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. I'll tell you this Tucker thing when we come back. Don't want to miss this. Uh, You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash, Injury Law. be back in a moment. Common sense is what we do here on the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky, your host, Las Vegas attorney, nice guy, for the most part, till you cross me or come into my house trying to loot it. Then, well, I'll, then Mr. Nice goes away. All right, friends, back to this story here. I want to get to this interview that Tucker Carlson did on his Twitter X show with Victor Orban. He is the leader of hungary and this you know i I saw some folks in the political class wondering why for example tucker would sit down with orban and not necessarily let's say one of the leaders from poland which is another you know staunchly conservative uh culturally conservative country but i think I think, one, first of all, Tucker has uh, similar views on the Russian-Ukraine war that Orban does. But that, that aside, I think Orban is somebody that even a lot of Republicans will say, well, that guy is just a fascist. And again, it's one of those things that gets repeated without any thought and pretty soon, you know, you, you go around, and I've had this certainly happen to me at, at parties. I said, well, tell me why he's a fascist. Oh, no, he just, they're, they're just, all he wants is a white society. And I think to myself, oh, oh okay, but where does he say that, right? <laughs> Show me, what's the transcript, right? And because, because Orban, for the most part, speaks in Hungarian, and because Hungarian is... Do we have any Hungarians out there? I don't want to offend you. You have the most difficult language in all of Europe. There is no second place. It's Hungarian, and then everybody else starts at like three, four, five, and six. Hungarian is a very difficult language. So you know, I speak Czech. It's not a Slavic language. It's its own thing. And it, and so, and so, you know, point is Orban speaking in Hungarian can get misquoted by the Western media, and and that's that. So here, uh, Tucker Carlson asks Orban on the question of Hungarian pride. Now, I want to point something out. Having pride in your country is not fascism, okay? How many times have you heard the left? You've seen clips of it in little Gen Z weasels melting down. I see American flags, oh my gosh. No, I'm, I, there's, there are people on the left that think, that, that think uh, American flags are, are uh, you know, displays of patriotism as fascism. So here's what Orbán says on, on Hungarian pride:
3: To be Hungarians is, is very. We are very proud of it. We love the nation, we love the country, so and we are proud of it. Uh, it's, it's not very much mainstream thinking, political thinking of today Western uh, societies, but in Hungary we are still very patriotic and uh, Christian and committed to that values. Not in an ideological level, but on the streets every day. And
0: this is not a bad thing. In fact, this is a glue that holds societies together. Commonality, which is why
3: Orban says we focus on our commonalities as a society. Our, our, our constitution is concentrating on the we, you know, how we are linked together, family, nation, God, what is common, you know? So we, the Hungarian nation, that's how we speak on that. It's totally out of fashion now in the Western European societies. So.
0: Yeah, but this is, that's right, because what does the left do in this country, here in the US? Well, you're, you know, you're a, a, a you know, a, a brown, a, you know, lesbian, you know, they got all these categories, right? Everybody's, everybody's in their own little category. We're all different. All of our differences, differences that's all we hear about. To the point that kids and we've seen this kids are in order to get attention are going through are are, are inventing problems that they have just to have social currency. And what does this do? It rips us apart. And then the same people that foist this ideology on us, the left then goes, we're such a divided society and it's the right's fault. It's conservatives fault for dividing us like this with their hate. It's total nonsense. So why is this provocative to the West, this stuff that's going on in Hungary?
2: Listen, But why
3: would that be so provocative? to certain people in the West? Ideology is a very difficult thing because it has an exclusivity. So when the liberal says that this is the interpretation of society, it means that this is the only way to interpret a society. If you do differently, you you cannot be a good man. So we have another interpretation. We have a Christian and national, more traditional interpretation of human being and society. But they can't accept it because it's different. So we are plural. They are hegemonistic. That's the problem.
0: Oh, this is, uh, by the way, really well put and a great assessment of us and and uh, of how things are going here. And and listen, the, the thing is about America is we're we're very different from Hungary. We're, we're not. This is a this is a country that is, um, you know, has is far larger, is far more diverse geographically than a place like Hungary or Poland. We we are we are. America is its own animal. However, precisely our patriotism is something that unites us. And it's endlessly frustrating to me to see our politicians, some of them, seek to destroy our love for this country and constantly bring America down in order to gain political power, but in so doing, tears apart at the very fabric that holds us all Together and it's intolerance and tucker asks this When he discusses the intolerance of this ideology
3: So there the intolerance is baked in it's part of it's coming from the the ideology Absolutely the liberal ideology basically the you know liberal Originally meant freedom, but now in Europe liberal means that you are enemy of the freedom because you are hegemonistic uh, request on society on, on the values and the concept of human being as well. So liberals are against freedom. That's how we, how we see them.
0: Yeah, there it is. And actually very true, right?
3: Let's go back to COVID.
0: Were the liberals interested in freedom? Were the liberals open to different views on the vaccine? Were the liberals open to us having choice in how we educate our kids, how we conducted ourselves. What about in raising our kids? Do the liberals give us freedom to exempt our kids from their, you know, sexualized curricula? No. They don't. They don't give us that freedom. They're actually deeply illiberal. And it's funny because at some point that has to be called out. And America has to get back to a place where we are, well, let's just say this, we are, uh, we're We're celebrating something that binds us. And in, in my view, that's patriotism. I, I want to actually speak on that uh, from my perspective for a moment when we come back. Sam Marjofsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT, you're listening to The What's Right Show. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up.
1: Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com.
0: Welcome friends. You're listening to the what's right show brought to you by Sam and Ash injury law, the only law firm to trust in Nevada and California for your injury needs. Uh, don't trust the insurance company. That's for dang sure. Um, give Sam and Ash a call. Get some legal advice, even though you may not need a lawyer. But you may need some questions answered. 702-820-1234. Knowledge is power. 702-820-1234. Because you deserve what's right. All right. Let me tell you. This idea of liberals, modern-day liberals, being illiberal, meaning folks that purport to be well, purports to be there for uh, for the advancement of liberty in their name are actually very much into regulating every facet of our lives. Um, I, I describe myself, by the way, as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian. and And one of the principal reasons, if not the principal reason, why I moved from California to Nevada is I wanted more freedom. And it is a... Measurable fact that I there is more freedom on this side of the Nevada California border than there is, you know, just past Prim, traveling from Vegas. There's a fact. Now, libs when you talk to liberals, it's funny how they've uh, producer Robbie and I were chatting here during the break. It's funny how the libs have uh, co opted the pro choice label. The only thing that liberals want is to terminate kids in the third trimester. I don't care what Jen Psaki says. That's what they want to do. That's their agenda. And that's the only thing that they want choice on. And everything else, they want to dictate to us what we can't have. It doesn't matter if it's guns or showerheads. They want every aspect of life controlled because they are intent on having political power, and creating a utopia in, you know, as they define it in their heads. And I'll, I'll tell you for me, when, when, when people challenge my statement and, and they say, well, what's your, what's your vision? How do you create the perfect society? And I, I, the, more, the more freedom, the better. You, you, you really restrict laws and reduce laws to the bare essential required for the protection of life and property. You know, my right to, you know, to, to to move my arms around basically end at where somebody else's nose begins, right? You've heard that expression or, var- or, you know, variations thereof. I don't have a right to punch you in the face. There's very clear laws for why that's inappropriate, why that's an assault, harmful or offensive touching of another without privilege or consent. I mean, that's assault. But it's... I mean, uh, unbelievable the extent to which there is an effort underway right now to regulate everything that we do. And what's good and what's right and what's necessary, those definitions evolve with the amount of information that we're given. And I keep coming back to COVID because, number one, it's recent, and number two, the, the left, all the people that 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 foisted it on us, all the restrictions and all the rules and regulations, they're all begging for amnesty, meaning forgiveness. They want to move on. They want to move past it. They want us to forgive and forget. And I don't think we ought to. I think we ought to keep bringing it up because it's very instructive on how, in a moment of time, there is seeming consensus about What is the proper course of action? For example, consensus on mask wearing. Well, the consensus in the moment, let's say around January of 2021, turned out to be wrong. It turned out that many scientists who disagreed with it were silenced. I mentioned the two doctors earlier in the program who got together and put up a video talking about how we should be far more common sense about covid wash your hands vitamin d get out in the sun exercise do all those things eat well and you'll be okay provided you know you're not missing a lung or you know you're morbidly obese or you're you're 85 years old those groups obviously more susceptible common sense approach but that of course got shouted down by the crazies and so you've got to You've got you gotta step back and and, and I, you know, I think everything in life can go back to elementary school. Hear me out on this, right? <laughs> so many experiences that we have as kids growing up end up being uh, well, end up end up being, end up being, I don't know, there's certain there's certain circumstances experiences that you have growing up that that will stay with you forever and you recognize the same pattern of behavior, even though people around you are growing up, becoming adults and would presumably have more experience what i mean uh, and maturity and what i mean by this is there's always that one kid in the class that wants to come up to you and tell you what the rules are sam you're not supposed to run with scissors <laughs> well maybe, maybe i'm just i was the kid that was always getting told not to do things um uh, you know sam you, you'll make you're, you're 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 eating food in the back of the class it's not lunchtime yet Ms. Smith, Ms. Smith, Sam is, Sam is doing this, right? You, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The class narc. But what is that person, that person that does that, what kind of personality do they have? So we saw it during COVID. So many of our friends, neighbors, suddenly deputized themselves as chief enforcement officers of the regime. Somehow they became emboldened by all this madness. But I think it drew upon something inside of them that thrives on being dictated to what to do and a prescription for how to live life and then everything's going to work out. It is a a profound place of human weakness to want someone to give you a bunch of rules, to give you a bunch of uh, steps to take And then, you know, if you do all that, come out the other side successful, not dying of COVID, not, you know, I don't know, not 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 harm, whatever it is, you you, you, there's you're just following a formula. And that's not life. It's both not realistic, but it also is a very, very poor basis on which to found a society. America is a country of Mavericks. We're we're renegades. We bucked the British, kicked them out, we started over. We we decided to do great things and to experiment. We gave people freedom and they in turn our forefathers here, even though my parents came here as immigrants, I, we all enjoyed the legacy of these great revolutionary heroes. And That is precisely why, okay, the left is so intent on knocking all of these people down. The left wants to destroy all these people. You saw it with the boy in Colorado with the Gazden flag. You can't have the Gazdan racist, right? By the way, he's won that fight, is now a national celebrity, and the teachers all have egg on their face, but but, but rightly so. Nonetheless, the sentiments are still there. The efforts to dismiss the founders of this country as racist white patriarchal men and rewrite our national history for young people today to grow up loathing them is one of the most profoundly sad things that we do to ourselves as a country and it will lead to the destruction of the republic. It's being led by people who either want to be dictated to or want to do dictating to others. I don't have either of those qualities. I want to do my own thing. And at the same time, I want other people, I want you to do what you want to do and live your life the way you want to live it. I'm building my dream home here in Vegas in a non HOA community. Why? If my neighbor wants to paint his house pink, well, God bless him, whatever. I'm going to build a wall. (laughs) I've got a big piece of property got two acres and you know you you do what you want to do on your side of the wall. I'm going to do what I'm going to do over here and we're all going to get along. I don't need to tell people what to do. I don't get off on it. Not in not in any way shape or form. What I expect from my government is to keep me safe, maintain law and order, and get the hell out of my way. That's America. And everything that is done beyond that, every desire to dictate every little thing is, of course, perpetrated by liberals, but very big misnomer, right? Not liberals, actually very illiberal people who have dictatorial dictatorial, uh, uh, tendencies. And we have to fight this. And that's why this fight for culture, and this is why DeSantis is spot on about uh, getting into the curriculum at these high schools, at these elementary schools, middle schools in Florida, the curriculum poisons our youth, and it's yeah, I mean, just I mean, not just you know numbing their young minds, but also certainly creating reliable left left you know left voting uh, you know political block of people in the future. None of this is a successful formula. You don't see, you know, cities that are run by liberals succeeding across the country. It's why I keep talking about San Francisco and LA and New York and, 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 and Minneapolis. I, I talk about these places because it's instructive for us here in Las Vegas to see that. And I have to, you know, remind you, my, my parents fled a communist regime, a, a real dictatorship, right? And went to Western Europe in the 1968, and in the 70s were in Western Europe, and looking around them, they saw the, the, the same elements of what it was that they fled, and that caused them to work very hard to get to the U.S. So this was one of the real last places in the world back then uh, that had the real freedom that my parents sought. And that's my background. That's where I come from. That's my, you know, basis in all of this. And, and so, you know, I, and I, I think, I really do think that ultimately this country will be saved in part by the immigrants, the quality immigrants that came here to seek a better life because they are the ones that can speak up and tell all of these nimby-pimby, you know, leftist ideologues what America really is. And it needs to be said. This is a country for individuals. This is a country that is patriotic. This is a country that prioritizes freedom and opportunity. This is not a country of equity. That's not what we are. You go, to, you know, go to China or Canada for that. Sam Rajovsky News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here. You're listening to the What's Right Show. <laughs> Speaking of the Democratic Party doubling down uh, on, be, on being the party that <laughs> that wants to take away all your freedoms, I'm just reading now that... Uh, f- I uh, This is from the Bulwark. To beat Trump, Democrats need a Whitmer-Warnock ticket. <laughs> See, first off, notice that uh, many of these liberal left-wing newspapers are actively thinking about an alternative to Biden. And one of the reasons that they are uh are doing this they're they're freaked out by some of the polling and I haven't gotten into this as much as I've been focused on the primary but the Trump Biden polling is uncomfortably close. I mean it has some polls have you know, Trump by up two, you know. So in a in a in in other words, in a Biden-Trump, you know, head-to-head matchup, they – you know, Trump is very close, sometimes polling ahead of Biden even. And so the Democratic Party is – mark my words, they're in full meltdown over it. So their idea here, at least according to the folks over at the Bulwark, is to um, get Whitmer and Warnock – Warnock is the senator from Georgia – He's the um, African-American guy's pastor, a total communist. And Whitmer, of course, she's the gal who, you know, goes to a restaurant during COVID, eats then and decides then to, you know, in in another case, find, yeah, jailed restaurateurs at the same time for violating COVID rules. This... If this is who the Democrat Party thinks is the, is the winning candidates, everything you need to know about the Democratic Party. Yeah, Whitmer – Whitmer had – she was one of the most uh, – she was one of the most aggressive of the lockdown governors. I want to point out here in Nevada, I think – no, we are. We're the only state – in the country that fired our lockdown governor sent sysac packing thank goodness but Whitmer uh, hung on to re-election well they've they've got all the funny voting too but um, but yes so they um, yes they, this, this is this is bananas back uh, in May of 2021. The New York Post ran a story Governor Whitmer should face penalties for COVID-19 hypocrisy. A Michigan restaurant owner who was jailed and fined for violating COVID-19 restrictions said that the governor, Gretchen Whitmer, should face similar consequences for disobeying her own health department guidance too. He goes, I think, are, uh, yeah, Marlena Pavlos Hackney, who owns Marlena's Bistro and Pizzeria, said, I feel like all of us should be on the same page. If I have to face penalties, which I went through, I think she should face the same penalties. Remember Gavin Newsom during COVID, all the lockdowns he was eating at French Laundry, which is an extremely upscale Michelin-starred restaurant in, the Napa, in Napa Valley. Might be one of the most expensive, uh, fancy restaurants in all of California. Okay, just to give you an idea. French Laundry. Yeah, he was out there. And then he said, well, but we were outside. He was in, an, in a pavilion in, a, in an exclusive part of the restaurant that had doors, accordion doors that were left ajar, I guess. So this particular restaurant owner in Michigan. And why are we rehashing something from 2021? Great question. Because these people would do it all over again to us. In fact, <laughs> the numbers for COVID ticking up. And they're already talking about bringing some of this stuff back because they will not learn their lesson. They miss the power that they had over us. All these loser politicians miss being able to put business owners into jail. We'll show you a thing or two. So this poor lady spent four nights in jail and paid a $15,000 fine for staying open during COVID. And then pictures emerged of her gathering, the governor gathering with 12 other people Uh, At a restaurant, no masks, not a mask in sight. I mean, you know what these people would do. They would, the minute they were behind closed doors, okay, we can dispense with the theater. It's hypocrisy at its best. And this is why, again, I'll tell you, conservatism to me means I live my life. You live yours. We all enjoy our freedoms. I don't need to tell you what to do. And to the extent that what you do doesn't harm somebody else, doesn't harm kids, doesn't harm, you know, we have certain, you know, things that we need to protect in society. But outside of that, you know, you do you. Enjoy. If you want to take the vaccine, by all means, take the vaccine. I, excuse me, please, if 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 I, if I if I if I choose not to, right. How do they think Governor? And she's so unlikable. They think that she this would be a winning ticket, Robbie. Do you really think this is is an producer? Robbie is shaking his head, folks. He's he's not having any of this. Um, I, I just and 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 Warnock. Warnock is is so such a. You know, I am convinced none of these people. None of these people would get, have gotten elected and re-elected, certainly re-elected under COVID if, if it hadn't been for all these mailed ballots. I'm telling you, I doubt the people in Michigan really want, wanted this lady back. And it was, the election was close. But that's why they did it. Remember, all of this, all of this COVID stuff, the, the, the quest for power was behind all of it. All right, folks, tomorrow... When we are back, I'm going to go through – remember I played some of that interview between Bill Barr and Vivek Ramaswamy. I want to get into I, – I did not have time to cover it today, but there's some stuff on the FBI. I'm telling you, one of the fundamental undertakings that the next Republican president will have to do is a, a, a top-to-bottom reform of federal law enforcement has to be done. So some ideas came from that that I want to run by you just – giving you the information that you need. Well, we'll we'll have some other topics tomorrow, too, no doubt. Got to run, folks. Time is up. It's great to be with you today. You've listened to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Salmon Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234. I'll be back tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Look forward to it. Friday, just around the corner. My goodness, time
1: flies. All right, folks, I'll see you tomorrow. Take care.